Aloha and welcome. This is Soul, your host for Pay Radio, talk radio worth listening to. Welcome back to our loyal listeners. Thank you for joining us for another episode in Team Clarity's journey. We're beginning to wrap things up. This is episode 46. In this episode, we get to wrap up chapter 10, Gratitude Guidelines. This episode explores how an increased awareness of what genuine gratitude is all about. How did that influence the lessons learned in the last half of the book, chapters 6 through 10? In this episode, you'll get to listen to Christina Irvin, team captain of Team Clarity. You'll also get to hear Marcia Certino share her thoughts about her journey. And now, let's meet Christina Irvin, team captain of Team Clarity. Hello and welcome. I'm Christina Irvin, leader of Team Clarity. If you had told me I would be setting more healthy boundaries with my closest loved ones, not doing something out of guilt, and comfortable asking for the sale or setting prices equal to my worth in my business after such a short time in this course, I certainly would have told you no way. However, I'm doing all of those things and much, much more unapologetically these days. While you're grabbing a pen and piece of paper, consider this. Just how many people are actually paid to learn? Yes, you heard me correctly. I'm both a student and a teacher of Pay Me What I'm Worth. And by the time I'm done with this course, I will have earned more than what I invested in this life-changing journey. And this is Marcia Sortino. Hi, and I'm in Boston, Massachusetts. My journey started off with that feeling hopeless for such a long time. As soon as I started feeling my worth through the first four chapters, and I realized that my worth isn't dependent on anything but what's inside of me, that hope just brimmed right back. It just was there, and I knew that if this could happen for me, where I could change what I was feeling inside about myself, I know that I can help somebody else. Now it's time to grab something to take notes with so that you can capture your ha-has as you eavesdrop on Team Clarity's Gratitude Guidelines Wrap-Up. To some degree, learning is a bit quixotic, isn't it? It's a mixture of sweet and sour. At the one hand, it challenges. At the other hand, it really inspires me anyway to what else is out there. It's like a kid in a candy store, yeah? Yeah, yeah. But I think I prefer the exploring of non-academia standard. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's no grade. There's no grade at the end of this class, ladies and gentlemen. Sorry. (laughs) Absolutely. I think the most important thing for me, because I I spent a lot of money on education, the academia education and personal development over the past couple years. And actually, I've been doing personal development since I've been an adult. But I have to say that I never walk away from things like what we're doing now, this kind of education, feeling like I didn't get my money's worth. Whereas I've never felt I got my money's worth from my two bachelor's and my two master's degrees. I, as a matter of fact, I, I resent the hell out of those degrees because I didn't get my anywhere near my money's worth. And they haven't, I haven't had a good return on my investment. Mm. Whereas I can take personal development courses and I have tenfold gotten my return on those investments each time. Right. 
And what's unique about this program is you actually got paid back. Exactly. (laughs) Every dime you spent and then some was, in essence, refunded to you. (laughs) Imagine if all four universities refunded your tuition. Wow. They would probably not get that whatever look when they send me something as an alumni wanting some donations. <laughs> they never even get open. They just get tossed in the trash can. But think about that. Wouldn't it be intriguing if all of a sudden there was a some sort of standard applied to universities such that after a decade has gone by and you can prove without any doubt that your undergraduate or graduate diploma basically has provided you zero return, that the university should have to pay you back. Oh, that would be sweet. (laughs) I mean, Christina, you'd see about a quarter of a million dollar windfall there, wouldn't you? Man, (laughs) I'm so excited to see that come back. And the thing is, is it's not due to not applying the education. It's Literally, the education really wasn't sufficient in some ways to prepare for the workforce. And then once gotten into the workforce, the information, it was outdated in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Book learning and real-world experience, not equal sign. <laughs> <laughs> well, and plus our workforce doesn't value that. I mean, they require the degrees so that you can get a foot in the door, but literally they don't value the education so much as they do the experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just to put a perspective on how we do it different, as you've experienced over the past year, we do things differently such that, A, we keep the focus on yourself. B, you are the teacher of yourself. You're the one who supplies your own grade. And at times, there was a reality check that you as the teacher needed to lighten up on yourself. True? True. As the past few months have trickled on, What's been happening for you in that arena of forgiveness now that you have a little more clarity around gratitude? I have been so grateful to really be able to take a look at my experiences, even the bad ones, and say, wow, those experiences really helped me to grow even though I didn't realize it at the time it's because of this class that I'm able to look at those bad experiences and really see the value in my worth and that those experiences not only help me to grow but they help me to really feel good about myself and take a look at the experiences that I put myself through, it really helped me to see that I don't have to live according to what my past was and that I so much more than what my past was. Because it's so easy to get stuck in that. It's so easy to get stuck in that feeling like, wow, I did something that was so terrible, I can never get past it. But that's not true. I realized that the mental laundry exercise, that was one of the best exercises because it helped me to pull back into the past and really take a look at those areas that I thought I could never get out of. Marcia, with the concept of the wisdom bank, meaning every experience we have, 
whether it's positive, neutral, or negative, that experience is actually a deposit into the wisdom bank, right? Yes. So if I'm hearing you correctly then, you're saying that you're now able to look at your past in what could be considered a withdrawal. It could be considered Uh a negative, a negative experience that impacted your life over X number of years, decades. You now see how it's really not a withdrawal. It's a deposit. Yeah, exactly. I look at my timeline, and it seems like that timeline is magic because it really helps me to remember so much more. Like, I never realized how much I actually was starting to forget about my past. It helped me to remember so much more and then be able to notice, oh, yes, this is a lesson I don't want to forget. Oh, yes, this was a great time. I loved having this experience. And it just put it all together for me. Yum. Yum. (laughs) (laughs) So in the mold of mental laundry then, you know when you stain something and then when you get it cleaned. You remember when you stained it, even though the stain's not there anymore, right? You got it out. You can still now wear it. People seeing you go, oh, look at that beautiful blouse. And you think, oh, my God, if you'd seen this before I laundered it, you'd think I was a complete and total slob, right? Yeah. Yeah. But the stain's gone. They don't know about it. It's not there. However, in your mind, you remember, oh, God, this was, I thought I was going to have to throw this away, right? Right, yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. So the mental laundry exercise, washing away. Marsha, what you just said was really key about remembering lessons you want to remember and letting the rest go. That, to me, is ripening experience into wisdom. Awesome. (laughs) I just really appreciated doing that timeline. I have never felt as, I don't know what it is. There was a feeling I had. As I was doing that timeline, there were times like I was, oh, I don't I remember this, but I don't really want to have to go there. Now I can look at that timeline, and it's just amazing because as I was doing the timeline, went through all the, these conflicting thoughts, these conflicting feelings, but when I got it done and I really got to stare at it, it felt so releasing. I can't even explain how that happened, but it did. And now is your mind more quiet? Is the internal chatter much less? Oh, yeah. Yes. So you've done a number of loads of mental laundry. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I have. Christina, how's your laundry doing? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know that I've had the same experience. If you remember, that timeline was about the time that I I think that was my first big breakdown. (laughs) throughout this course because I realized there was just so much crap that I just really just don't remember. Clearly, I don't remember because my body, my mind, my heart knew I couldn't handle it at the time. I completely have blocked out stuff that I just tried to, but I have no recollection of it. So I have big, huge just gaps of just nothing in there. That said, one of the things that came to me this week when I was journaling was that when it comes to going back to that wisdom bank, I have literally set up a precedence in my life of forward movement after getting sick and tired of being sick and tired. So I've set up a precedence of reactionary growth 
and that is something that that I recognize and absolutely just put the kibosh on that, like not doing that anymore. Yes, there was, I guess in some ways, those were deposits. It was one of those high interest rate deposits or withdrawals at first. (laughs) So how is that shifting with the reality that gratitude allows you that gift of perspective? True? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because literally there's a time in my life not so long ago that I would have been sitting here having a feast at beating myself up about it. Ah. But, but through gratitude, I've learned I now have an appreciation for it because maybe I would have gotten something different from it, but because of that journey, I now get it on such a deeper level that not only can affect me profoundly, but can affect others. And whereas before I think it would have helped me, it wouldn't have helped others that I touch. And is your mind less busy as well? Has Chapter 6's mental loads of laundry helped you be a little more at peace? Yes. She says tentatively. (laughs) Well, because it's different now. It's it's different now. Again, I'm not going through those bouts of beating myself up like I would have been. I'm not going to say that I don't ever do it because that's just not the case. As a matter of fact, just this morning I had a moment of, damn it, I'm tired of this. It wasn't in a way that didn't have any love in it. It was more I was really loving myself. Christina, I am tired of being in this place, experiencing this feeling, and I won't, I won't continue to endure this. What do I need to do? to make sure that I can make that happen. But it wasn't in a way of just beating myself up, like, see, you suck, you, you, here you are again, that kind of mm, way. Oh, yeah, the old tapes. So yeah. if I'm hearing you correctly, then, you're getting into that zone that's often stated in let go, let God. Exactly. I'm glad you're sharing this, Christina, because we can make significant changes in our lives in a what would be considered a short amount of time. We've gotten it into society that pain and suffering, we have to endure it ongoing. Yeah? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. On page 128, I lay it right out in Chapter 7. This tees up our conversation for Chapter 7, Pricing the Priceless. There's an old Buddhist principle. Pain is inevitable. Suffering is optional. And what I just heard you say, Christina, is yes, you felt the pain. You recognized your own internal pain in that moment. You decided, you made a choice not to suffer. True? Mm -hmm. Yep. That's huge. Open question. As you began to look at pricing the priceless, that everything cost something. Everything has some sort of fee attached to it, whether it's money, respect, health, love, loyalty. There is a cost to everything, isn't there? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How much have you paid in the form of suffering over your life? That's a great question. And I know that I probably spent many years going through some suffering. I don't know if I want to see it that way, though, Soul, because I think what really was taking place is I was going through some darkness in my own space just to get to find that light again. I embraced the pain 
and endured some the pain I really didn't want to have to feel just to find that light once again. It was, it's weird. I can't even explain it. It's almost well, like, you do what I call flip it, Marcia. That's a powerful tactic is you flip it. That which causes me pain, I flip it so that it can cause me joy. Oh, okay. <laughs> Didn't know how to explain that, that part of it. But instead of avoiding it, walk through it and get through it. Mm-hmm. The price I paid for my suffering is topping out at 330-some pounds at the age of 33, I think. I was well on my way to putting myself into an early grave. But because I still had that ignorance of youth playing around in my mind, the suffering that I endured that I was completely unaware of because pound by pound by pound is no big deal. I just gained another 10 pounds, you gain another 10 pounds, gain another 10 pounds. The body adapts, the body adapts. And it wasn't until the day that I celebrated my one-year anniversary of shedding 125 pounds that I was walking by a gym. And I walked in and I said, I just want to pick up 125 pounds. I'm doing a little experiment. I'm not here to take out a gym membership. I just, would you mind stacking things up, I want to do a bench press of 125 pounds. And they're like, oh, okay. So the really cute guy set it all up, and I got on the bench, and he says, you ready? You want me to spot you? And I said, oh, yes, please do. And so I lifted the 125 pounds up and was about to do my first press, and I couldn't. I could not bench press that 125 pounds. I struggled. Thank God he was there spotting me. And I ingrained that moment into my mind So that the next time I wanted a burger and fries, the next time an extra piece of this, the next time a midnight snack crept in my mind, I remembered that moment of trying to bench press 125 pounds. I carried that on my frame for decades. I wanted to make that suffering real. So the next time I thought, oh, a little extra scoop of ice cream here, little dabble that over there. No big deal, right? (laughs) Wrong answer. (laughs) I also dropped a bombshell in Chapter 7, page 127. Right now, this very second, believe it or not, depending on how you choose to be paid, you already receive what you're worth. Do you remember reading that? Mm-hmm. Can you flash back to the moment when you read that? What went through your mind? <laughs> Are you really asking this question? <laughs> oh, my goodness. I think what went through my mind was, wait a minute, what am I worth? That was the first thing that flashed through my mind. I was like, wait, what am I worth? I really didn't know at that point. I think that was when I started also really understanding the depth of choice. So if you choose to acknowledge that every moment of every day, ongoing forever, that whatever it is you believe to be a correct payment, whether that's money, time, respect, health, any of those components, that you are indeed paid what you're worth, how does that reframe how you view what you do? Are you going to put up with people disrespecting you? 
Are you going to put up with people ignoring you, discounting you? Are you going to put up with yourself beating yourself up? No. (laughs) No. They had me take a look at that part of my life, definitely. Because I used to let people kind of walk all over me before, or I used to let people take advantage of me and not say anything back, just let it go. Not anymore. I really do have better boundaries set for myself now. I will say something if somebody decides that they want to take advantage of me. Yeah. So it has changed that part of me. I've become much stronger in that area. So, Marcia, you've decided to pay attention to yourself. Yeah? Yes. Has it been worth it? Oh, yes. Absolutely. It's helped me to become so much more aware of what I want and what I don't want in my life. Yum. How about you, Christina? What's knocking around on this for you? I really am just thinking that probably the biggest thing for me is that I do have those moments where I still revert back, but I quickly do say, oh, heck no, this is, what, you're crazy. <laughs> you are crazy. I don't have those moments of flinching anymore if, when I say, yes, this is what it costs for you to obtain my services. I don't have those moments of flinching anymore. This goes back to early lessons in the book. There are those moments when I get to thinking about pricing something based off of the market versus my value. Mm. And so when you ask me what are you thinking in the moment, I had to be honest and say, whoa, just this week, Christina, you were thinking about pricing something based off the market versus your value. And when I hear people talk that way, I often ask them, do you want to be part of the noise or do you want to be singled out for your unique voice? One of the the reasons why I market this program to a different echelon of people, this echelon of people, for them to spend anywhere between five to $10,000 on a weekend party is fairly standard. You have to have the proper catering and the proper flowers and there are certain people you need to send cars for. So spending between five and $10,000 on that event is really a no-brainer. It's just what you do. And if I approached them to take this class and I said, this class only costs $110 a month, well, they just drank $110 worth of champagne 20 minutes ago. Why would they even bother taking this class? But when I tell them this class is $11,000 a month, They're like, oh, well, what do you do? So, Christina, do you want to be paid $100 a month or $11,000 a month? $11,000. Do you understand that right now, as you are, with your experience of pay me what I'm worth, you could justifiably command that? Yeah. Feeling some ripples. Marsha, when you stop to think that you as well are qualified to teach this class at an $11,000 a month level, What goes on in your head? (laughs) What goes on in my head is, wow, I can't wait to have that very first conversation with the person that wants to take my class. I'm like, honestly, I've never, ever asked anybody for that amount of money, ever. So the rewiring in my brain is like, wow. And yet, at the same time, I listened to your conversation right now. And I, I'm imagining to myself, wow, if somebody were telling me that they usually get paid $11,000 a month, 
I'd be sitting up, my ears would be perked, and I'd be wondering also, wow, what do you do? This must be an amazing class. Is this an amazing class? It is an amazing class. <laughs> Mo- Christina, you paid way more than $110,000 for any of your one degrees, didn't you? When you add up tuition and housing and books and all of that jazz? In all fairness, I didn't pay for the two undergrads in money because I had a full basketball scholarship, so I just double majored. Okay, uh, well, somebody paid the tab. <laughs> but let me just say that the emotional and physical payment was certainly well more than that just for those two degrees, let me just tell you. <laughs> so when you stack up what you have learned in one year with Pay Me What I'm Worth, so compare and contrasting the eight years of academic experience with one year of Seoul University's experience, if you were to price it out comparatively, which was the better deal? Oh, the Seoul University was a lot better deal. Yeah, considering we paid you to learn. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to put a point on this so that those listening into this class, let's get real here. I'm asking you, with pricing the priceless, I look at a human life as priceless. There is no aggregate amount of money, gold, gemstones, land worth one life in my mind. None. So when you tell me that, oh, okay, Christina Irving, your annual salary is X dollars a year. This is what we price it out as. This is how we value your life, your health, your respect, your attention, your willingness to put other people's lives on hold because you've got to do what you've got to do at work. This is what we're going to pay you to offset all of that. Are you paid what you're worth? No. In Chapter 7, I'm saying, yes, you are. You are trading your time, your health, your attention. You're trading that, and you believe you're being paid what you're worth because you go back to work the next day. Yeah, I think this was one of those areas where I just don't see it the same way that you do. (laughs) The wonderful get-out-of-jail-free card here is, Christina, what I'm glad to hear you doing is you're looking at how to turn everything at work into a lesson that pays you in some way. True? True. Up until this class, had you thought about that type of shift in perspective? No. Is that worth $11,000 a month? Yeah, thinking differently is so much more worth it. We've all seen the stories of even the richest of people and how they just are so miserable. Some of them even go so far as to take their own lives because the things, the riches, really doesn't mean that they're rich at all. They're actually quite poor. Yep. And my mind is no longer impoverished. And there is that saying about your mind I mean, it's huge because what I'm physically experiencing versus what I'm mentally experiencing, like I am so free and liberated on a whole different level mentally that I don't go to work crying the whole drive at work and I don't sit at work and look around and all of a sudden I'm having to wipe tears off out of my eyes at work because I'm just crying and I didn't even know I was crying because I'm that miserable. Like I don't have that experience anymore. Wow. And I literally was able to 
sit down with my manager, have my performance evaluation, which was impeccable as usual, knowing that what I'm going to see as far as how much more money percentage that they're going to pay me and for my raise is going to be an incredible insult that of magnitude that, like, you just can't even put words on it. Like, I, But I didn't have that feeling of anger and resentment that I normally do. It was more of a confirmation, this is my time. Because every year, performance evaluation time, I spend a good two, three weeks after that, like, really feeling even more miserable and worthless and unappreciated and blah, blah, blah. Child, please. <laughs> because you made that switch in your mind to look at what you're currently doing as a bridge. It's an investor in you that as you build what you really want to be doing, as you create the foundations to put in place the revenues to offset what you would be earning as a salary from your nine to five, when the day comes that that salary is finally offset, you can go, so long, farewell, love you. Do <laughs> Decency, yes. I'm having my sound of music moment, honey. <laughs> it's a much nicer song than, take this job. Shove <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of crazy because my manager is like looking at me. She was like, and I've gone to HR about this and blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, boo, calm down. <laughs> like, I'm not even fit to trip right now. You have got to understand. And then she went to the, is there anything? Are you happy? Blah, blah, blah. And I, she's, I think she's a bit dumbfounded by me being able to say, do I love this job? No. Am I invested in this job? No. Am I doing the best that I can do every moment that I'm doing this job? Absolutely, and I will continue to do that with the integrity and the quality that I always have. But understand, <laughs> my commitment to this company is no longer what it once was because this company hasn't shown any commitment to me. And that's fine. I'm actually happy about that because that spurred me to go find out for myself what I'm worth. So I have a challenge for you, Ms. Urban. Oh, I, the, I, the challenge is one day walk into your manager's office, hand her your dog-eared copy of Pay Me What I'm Worth, and say, this is why I'm not getting upset at being undervalued. That would be interesting see her expression. And if you have your other extra copy that is – I think you've got an extra copy that hasn't been used quite as much. Here's a fresh copy, $20, please. <laughs> That's how to make it real, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, yeah. When you have a manager staring at you dumbfounded that you're not in tears and that you're at peace with being screwed, in their mind they're thinking you're at peace with being screwed because I know we're screwing you, and you hand them a copy of Pay Me What I'm Worth and saying this is why I'm not ripping your head off, how much more real can you get there? That's a priceless moment in my mind. That's a timeless moment. So part of this chapter of pricing the priceless not only prepared you for chapter 10, but it also prepared you for chapter 8, performance-based contracts. As we began to look at how do we pay others what they're worth in those three guidelines, one, honestly do the best with what you have in that moment, two, just ask, and three, never assume. Did you understand that those three guidelines created the foundation for you to create really doable, simple performance-based contracts? 
Mm-hmm. It took a little time, but I started getting it. I mean, when you make a contract with yourself, you can only do your best with what you have in that moment, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Right. To set up a goal, to set up a contract where you know you can't do it, why? <laughs> Maybe you assume you will? Oh, boy. <laughs> As a business builder, that's one of the things that we're taught. And I just think that it's crazy. There's never the teaching of you have that vision of that greater thing that you want to create. It's always create this contract with yourself that's absolutely unattainable at this point because you don't have the knowledge to even make it happen, right? Like reasonable contracts are not taught to you as a business builder, as an entrepreneur. When you first get started, either you learn it the hard way and you keep bumping your head and then you go seek the information like Marsha has, like I have, like everybody who's depending on a work has. Or you continue to knock your head, taking huge deposits from your wisdom bank because the people that are supposed to know, those who are sitting with nice fat pockets, are literally teaching you to create a contract with yourself that you're going to continue to break over and over again and therefore setting up a precedent you don't trust yourself. So why the hell would the next person that you're asking to join you in business trust you? Bingo. Did I just go on a rant or what? Keep going. (laughs) Think about this. Christina, if I can constantly keep you feeling shitty about yourself, what have I accomplished? You've kept me in doubt, and so therefore I'm going to keep buying your crappy information or whatever. Yeah, and hopes that you'll this will be the thing to get you there this time. <laughs> and how many programs do that? So many. And there's just no number that you can it's just it's just endless. How many of those programs have you already paid for? Oh, let's not even talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> and in all bluntness, be blunt, is this one of those programs? No. No. This program has taught me a lot on so many different levels. It really has, and, and that's not... All right, not you're, are you blowing smoke. air up my skirt? Come on now, be real. Yeah. No. no, that's not blowing smoke. I mean, look, I've been completely honest with you on things that I don't agree with or I have a different uh, perception of her. I've been very clear about communicating to you. I just don't feel the same way you feel about this, though. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you've been gracious enough to do whatever your knowledge is, okay, this is not for you to learn right now, whatever. You've just allowed me my own experience and space to do it, and I appreciate that. Some things I've come back around and be like, you know, well, I think my soul might have been a little harsh. You might have something to this. Like, there may be something to this. <laughs> and then there are other things that I'm like, I'm still not feeling soul. <laughs> but it's okay because this course is not about soul. And say what you want to say, the concepts in this book, these are concepts and how you apply them to your life, how I apply it to my life. It may not be the same as what, how Marsh is going to apply. We may not apply it at the same rate. But there's no denying that it has helped us move forward and grow. Yeah. What I really am realizing is that the whole concept of balance I'm having it, the experiences with this in this class, in my life. 
because I don't see the other programs that I ever were looking at. I, I don't see that they ever really approached that concept. So it's completely different for me being here. I am becoming more aware and I am really taking a look at what does balance mean. That was completely different for me. What kind of balance do I want? What, you know, I mean, the whole concept of balance, and then I realized how the natural world is always in that balancing act. Well, no wonder. I'm part of the natural world, but so many of the other programs, they don't teach you balance whatsoever. There's no balance. Well, no, I've got to keep you off balance. Marsha, I've got to keep you (laughs) off balance because now that you've completed the 101 class, we have the 201 and the 301 and the master's class and the $10,500 weekend seminar in Maui. And then you get to be in the inner circle. You get to be in my personal guru space. And you've got to forfeit everything you have in the world. (laughs) Yeah. One person once told me, Soul, you're creating a cult. And I said, well, that's interesting. As far as I'm concerned, I'm a cult of one. I'm a cult of me. Anybody who else wants to be in my cult, I reject them. Next question. (laughs) (laughs) But do you see how on page X in the preface, page 10 of the preface, exercise two, personal contract, reflecting back now on the fact that I set you up to create a contract with yourself to discover balance so that by the time you got to Chapter 8, performance-based contract, by the end of this class today, you have completed your contract. How do you feel about that? All I can say is, (laughs) woohoo! I'm so happy that I actually signed this book and signed that contract for myself and did the work I said I wanted to do. And I did it. I'm very proud of myself for doing this. Yeah, because in so, on so many levels, there's how many things have I started? And the, the doubt, guilt, shame, worry, beating myself up, old, loathing things just popped up because of those things and not understanding my value and absolutely not recognizing how out of balance I was. I just stopped. I didn't, I didn't complete those things. I started so many things with so much and had all intentions. Uh, when I started, it wasn't a dip in the toe in the water. I had all intentions, but I didn't have the tools to, to continue to push through when all the chaos committee popped up. Yeah. And so being able to finish this literally was, that was another thing I had all intentions of starting. And I could have very well petered out. Everybody that starts this course, whether it be with this team or any other team, doesn't always finish. We know that mm-hmm. for whatever reasons. And now I have a reference. I have a baseline. My subconscious has a baseline. My soul has a baseline that literally when I say I'm going to do something, I can and will do it. Now I got an anchor. I don't know about you, Marcia, but that's huge for me. Oh, absolutely. One thing that I do notice is that the rewiring, so much of my rewiring took place when I didn't even know that it was happening, but it did. (laughs) (laughs) 
And I'm just so thankful and so grateful for that. And G, aligning your word with your deed. Let me think, let me think. Did we talk about that in this book? Here's the odd thing is that I actually had a mentor prior to meeting you that shared that whole lesson of your word is your deed. And no matter what, you got to keep it real with yourself and you got to keep your word and blah, 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 because that is so profound. And it struck me when my, my other mentor told me that. I totally agreed with it, believed in it, understood it, felt it. But it, there was still that whole two weeks later that chaos committee popped its head. And while I know I said this and I knew that I needed to be equal to my word, I, I, was, I didn't have the tools to overcome the chaos committee. Mm-hmm. Again, it wasn't about the intentions, not understanding it, not believing it, not wanting to do it, not being strong enough, all that crap that, quite frankly, the gurus always tell you about. You Turn your head on it and slap it down until it's not going to work. Well, that's just stupid and unrealistic, and it doesn't give me the tools of how to make that happen. So now I have more tools. Am I always successful at it? No. But I do have the tools now, and I am growing in that. So that one day I'm probably going to have no problems. Now I have to go down the checklist. Okay, check, check. Okay, check. Okay, here's where it is. All right. Now. I still got to use my cheat sheet right now, but it, it's going to become second nature, no problem. So if I'm hearing you correctly, Christina, before pay me what I'm worth, you had the will but was unclear on the way. Post pay me what I'm worth version one, you have the will and a good idea of the way. Yeah, I have a good map. It's kind of like you go to MapQuest or on your GPS and you do the map and it, it gives you this map and you're like, well, I still don't understand. I'm like... I'm right here to the left of the blob, and I need to be on point B, which is at the right of the blob. But then when you take your fingers and you, and you kind of move the screen and you zoom in and you see all the streets and you know the left, rights, and, and it tells you two and a half miles do this, like I, I now have that two and a half miles do this view. Mm. Woohoo! <laughs> that was a good one. I told you what now. Watch yourself now. Pay me what I'm worth. Map quest for your mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, ladies, you did it. You completed your contract. You have done what you said you were going to do, and that is the crux of Chapter 9 and the feeling of power. I hope your feeling right now in you gives you a wonderful tingling sensation. There is no price, I believe, you could pay to experience what you're experiencing because you had to go through it, didn't you? You can't pay someone to go through this for you, right? Right. (laughs) (laughs) And you can have steps. You really can. But you get caught up one way or another. You get to a certain point in this book that even if you're half-stepping, it's too much work to go through the motions. So either you're going to quit or you're going to go all in. Or you get swept up in whatever this feeling is. You're not sure what it is, and it don't always feel good, but it's, it definitely feels more empowering, and you've got to find out more. <laughs> Are you saying, Pavey, yeah. what I'm worth is addictive? <laughs> it, can be, it can be addictive, I'm telling you. It can be addictive. Because I found myself doing, I'm going down the checklist like, ah, yeah. 
I can't check that box. So I got to go back to this chapter. <laughs> or I found myself being like, man, two weeks ago I was feeling like on top of the world. Nothing could get me down. Like, what's going on today? Like, what's going on? And I needed to dig in more because I realized I wasn't digging in enough. And here's the great part. I don't know about you, Marcia, but I know I still got way more digging to go. <laughs> it opened up the world for me as far as the idea of exploring. As soon as I started realizing how much more aware I was, I was like, Really, the idea of exploring has intrigued me to the point where I don't have that fear to explore myself as much as I did in the past. Boom, baby. I'm like, I want to do more. (laughs) So it is addicting. Go where no woman has gone before. (laughs) (laughs) Well, just imagine like I love to do at the end of my retreats. Closing your eyes, taking a deep breath, the type of breath that your tummy expands, your shoulders rise up. And when you let the breath out, your shoulders drop down and you recognize that shoulders aren't meant to be earrings, so you let your shoulders drop even further. And get in touch with the fact You're perfect. In gratitude, I bow to this ever-blossoming perfection that you all are. (sighs) Mahalo, Phil. Thank you, Phil. My pleasure. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you have just heard... Team Clarity conclude their journey. They completed their contract with Pay Me What I'm Worth. At the very beginning of our journey, you're going to hear a show where people sign their own contract to themselves as to what they're going to do and how they're going to do it to complete this journey with Pay Me What I'm Worth. Team Clarity has done that. Celebrate with them by listening to all the other episodes. Hear them evolve over time. Leave your comments in the comment box below each show. Share with them how their ahas have become your ahas. And be sure to connect with Christina Irvin. She's always starting new classes. You're welcome to call her directly at 423-737-5809. Again, that's 423-737-5809. Check out when her next class is going to be starting. Be sure that you have a chance to join her in this amazing adventure. And before you go, I highly recommend that you click on the follow button up at the top of this page so that you can get one email reminder of new and upcoming shows. We've got over 250 shows that you can download and listen to anytime. And for those listening on iTunes and other streaming sources, you always have access to every single class out at bit.ly forward slash pay radio again bit.ly forward slash pay radio p-a-y radio i look forward to having you in class aloha <laughs>